Good morning. Uh, would you turn with me to First Peter chapter 2? And we're going to get there in a minute. You know, the entire gospel, the entire good news that God has wanted to communicate to us is summed up in one verse. And it's in the Old Testament. And it's in Genesis. For God said to Abraham, here's what I'm going to do. And God's, Abraham's response was summed up in what God said. And he said, And Abraham believed the Lord, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Abraham believed the Lord, and it was counted to him as righteousness. That's the whole gospel. It's repeated a bunch of times in the New Testament. It says, and Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now, that was a stumbling block to the religious heart of man in the Old Testament. That can't be true. There's something we can do to become right with God. They were convinced of that. There was something we can do to get God to do something. And God said, Abraham believed God. And it was counted to him as righteousness. And so God says, okay, if you, if you want to know what you can do to be made righteous with me, here's the law. Keep every dot and every tittle. I don't know what a tittle is, but it's real little. Keep everything, everything. And if you break it in one point, you're guilty of the whole thing. If you want to know what it's going to take to be right with me, here it is. Keep it all. Or you can believe me and it'll be counted to you as righteousness. But they stumbled over that. Because the, the, the fallen heart of man is so religious and in, is such, so driven to try to do something to make up with God, to get God to like us, to get God to approve us, to get God to accept us, and to, to throw that out there that Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. They stumbled over that. 2,000 years, they stumbled over it. Jesus comes on the scene. And he reiterates that. To as many as received him, to them they became children of God. That's it. That's it. And still, the religious heart of man stumbles over that. It can't be that simple. It can't be that easy. It can't be that clear. And we're still stumbling over it. And Peter writes, 1 Peter chapter 2, And coming to him, 
as to a living stone which has been rejected by men. But is choice and precious in the sight of God. You also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Not through your effort, but through him. God is building it up through him, not through your attempts at being right. He says, for this is contained in scripture. And he reiterates what we've just said. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone. And he who believes in him will not be disappointed. Wow. He just drives that point home again. He who believes in him shall not be disappointed. And then he says, this precious value then is for you who believe. That's for you who believe. For those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone, a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word. And to this doom they were also appointed. You keep trying to do to make it right. He says, you've stumbled over Christ. You keep trying to do to get God's favor, get his approval, to get his acceptance, to get him on your side. And I heard something this week that, boy, it just, it just resonated in my heart. And it said, the sooner you quit trying, the quicker you'll quit failing. <laughs> I thought, that sounded like something Eve would say or Hank would say. That Well, the quicker you quit crying, trying, granddaddy, the quicker you'll quit failing. And I think that's what he's driving home. The quicker you quit trying to get there or to get God, the quicker you'll quit failing at it. The sooner you start believing God and believing what he says and believing what he's done, the quicker... All of those things that you've been trying to get become reality in your life. I have a friend in Mississippi. We, we talk, oh, oh, I don't know, ever so often. And uh, he told me the other day, <clears throat> he was part of this church in Mississippi. We used to go to the conferences, pastor's conferences in this church that he was a part of. And they saw a real move of God. I mean, they saw God do some wonderful things, they do just a lot of things, many of the things that we're longing for God to do. And he says to me, we made the mistake of thinking 
God did those things because we were doing something right. And he said, we missed that it was just his mercy. And he just wanted us to enjoy it. Because when you think he did it because you did something, then you have to keep doing it to maintain it. And then when he chooses to stop doing that, and that's his prerogative, what do we do wrong? What can we do to get it back? There's a Ken Burns, I don't know if you ever watch any of his stuff on Channel 13. He does phenomenal documentaries. He does one on the Civil War that's just unbelievable. He does one on baseball that is just, it's very, very, even if you don't like baseball, you'd find it interesting. But he just did a two-part series on the American Buffalo. Okay? Now, he, he does one on, on uh, Prohibition. Eve wanted to watch that. So we watched it, but, but and this was four years ago. So he does this deal on the American buffalo. And, of course, the American buffalo is just ingrained with the American Indian. And he says the American Indian believed that the buffalo was the closest thing on earth to the great spirit. And you can see why, because they depended on the buffalo for everything. They used every part of the buffalo. And it kept them alive. And whenever America, higher-ups and government want to get rid of the Indian, you get rid of the buffalo. But the buffalo was everything to them. And from time to time, the buffalo would just leave. Well, they're grazers. And so they would eat all the grass in one place and they would just graze off. It's just what the buffalo do. But when the Indian recognized that the buffalo was gone, they thought they had done something wrong to offend the buffalo. And the buffalo left. And so they had this dance that they would do. And the objective of the dance was to call the buffalo back. We've done something wrong. We'll call you back. And we, we hear that and we see that and we think, how foolish. Until we make the analogy of ourselves. Something happens. God chooses a different manifestation. We conclude God is left. And I must dance to get him back. And so we dance. We include all of the Christian things that we use for dance, hoping we can get him back. 
But what do you do with a verse that says, I will never leave you or forsake you? What do you do with a verse that says, Lo, I am with you always? What do you do with a verse that Gabriel pointed out last or week before last when he quoted Psalms 139 and he says, I can't go anywhere from your presence even if I make my bed in hell, you're there. Hear that? I made this bed in hell. I made these wrong choices. I made these stupid decisions. I did this stuff. And you didn't get your feelings hurt and leave? You're still here? What do I believe? Do I believe he left? Or do I believe he's still here? Folks, if he's not here, we're done. We are done. I may not acknowledge he's here, and it'll seem like he's not here, but he's here. And repentance is necessary. But repentance doesn't mean feeling bad about yourself. Repentance means changing your mind. And so maybe it has to do with changing my mind and believing that I've done something that God has mad about and left me and believing that God is here, I've just substituted something for him. But he's here. And the minute I set aside what I've substituted for him, his presence becomes a reality in my life. Because I have to believe What he says is true. He has not left. Romans, Susan read, nothing can separate us from his presence or his love. Because I didn't do anything to get his presence and his love. And so he goes on and he says, but you... Are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, if you proclaim the excellencies. Oh, no, that's not what it said, is it? That's not at all what he said. He didn't say if you jump through these hoops, you are these things. He says, I made you these things. You are these things. And when you become aware, when you believe what I said I did, then you can proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Folks, it hasn't got any more complicated than Abraham believed God and it counted to him as righteousness going back and looking at all the religious stuff we believe that just is not true. All this stuff about God leaving, all this stuff about me hurting his feelings and him running off. Where else am I going to go? And I want to tell you something, folks. You can't repent without God's grace. So he can't ask you to do something that he doesn't empower you to do. He's here. He's here. We talked this morning 
Michael had a great illustration. He said, God showed Adam and Eve what intimacy was and then that it was here. And then Moses comes along and says, here's intimacy here. You have to keep all this stuff here to be intimate with God. When God says it's here. And Jesus comes along and says, I've been with you. Folks, listen, God is no longer with us. He's in us. He's in us. And he's promised never to leave. Can I grieve him? Yes. Can I quench him? Yes. But he doesn't leave. You know what he's doing while he's here? He's drawing us back to him. He's drawing us back to him. You don't want to do that. You don't want to make that choice. You don't want to make that decision. Yeah, I know you made it, but you know what? I'm here. I haven't left you. I haven't. You haven't offended me to the point that I'm ready to check out. Don't let me be a stumbling block to you. Don't let believing God be a stumbling block to us. It's so contrary to our mind. It's so contrary to our understanding. It's so contrary to all of those things that we've been led to believe about what God's posture towards us is. But make that choice. I'm going to believe you're here. I don't, I don't, all of the things that we have covered over the last 30 years to equip us has been to make the awareness that he's here. He has made us. You are a chosen race. You are a holy priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a people for God's own possession. So that you may proclaim. Because listen, if you're not those things, you can't proclaim it. He's not saying do these things so you'll become that. He's saying you are those things in order that you can do that. I have approved you. I have accepted you. I have embraced you. I could have lived anywhere in the universe. Chose to live in you. Chose to live in you. And I'm not leaving. Breaks my heart when you keep trying and failing. Quit trying and you won't fail. Just come to believe him. Father, teach us to believe you. Teach us to believe everything you've said. Teach us to recognize the lies in our mind that blind us and deceive us. That say we're less than what you have done. It says that we have to make up for it. That we have to dance. You're here. Show us what we need. Search our heart. Find any harmful way in us. And lead us out of that back to the awareness of your presence. 
Bless you, Father.